Nation, we are back, people. We are back, your favorite. And I'm never lying when I say this because we go so greatly together. Your favorite sports podcast, Roman the Airways, Rolling with Ramos, is back. I happen to be the one that holds the last name Ramos. I just specifically thank my daddy for that one, Mike Ramos with a shirt. Mike Ramos in heaven, I love you and I miss you every day. Two years is a long time. I can't, I can't believe it. Episode 104. Now, you know, last week, people, we informed you that we're in our second season. So in our first season, we paid homage to a lot of legends. Our shows were named after a lot of players that wore that jersey. So the ones that we missed, did honorable mentions for or whatever what have you, we're going back around and we're paying homage to them this time. This week, as in the emphasis on the foe, we pay homage to a Canadian former professional ice hockey player, widely acknowledged as one of the greatest of all time. He used his ice skating speed, scoring and playmaking abilities to revolutionize the position of defenseman. He played in the National Hockey League for 12 seasons, starting with 10 with the Boston Bruins, following by two with the Chicago Blackhawks. He won two Stanley, Stanley Cups, remains the only defenseman to have won the league scoring title with two Act Ross trophies, Art Ross trophies. He holds the record for the most points and assists in a single season by a defenseman. He won a record eight consecutive Norris trophies as the NHL's best defenseman and three consecutive Hart trophies as the league's most valuable player. Inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame in 1979 at the age of 31, the youngest to be inducted at that time, named by the National Hockey League as one of the 100 greatest NHL players in history. After his hockey career, he became a well-known scout for many professional teams. Also spent time talking to and mentoring young skaters. Episode 104, emphasis on the fall because he wore number four, the Bobby <laughs> Orr edition. And, you know, not to be outdone, not to be ever forgotten, because, you know, you say all the time you hear my voice, but it's nothing without his, because there's nothing without him next to me. Tristan, this star, welcome back. <laughs> What's going on? It's, a, it's another Thursday. It's another Thursday in the books. Um, excited to be on. There's a lot to talk about. We This week has been crazy with the news, so I'm excited to get in and talk about some of the stuff that's been happening. It used to be Ramos Tuesdays before the pandemic. We done made it Ramos Thursday. We, we right. staying with this. We stand, we're going to stay with this uh, this day, huh? Yeah, I mean, we, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Right now, it seems like this day kind of fits, you know, with what's going on right now. But, you know, things things will happen. I mean, one thing about being able to do it this way, we can kind of move around and adjust certain things because, we, you know, we, we're doing it like this, even though I do miss you, you know, being in your space and in your energy, you know, so. I know, man. Miss being able to touch your brother. But anyways, right. <laughs> we have to recap boxing because we had Errol Spence Jr. and Danny Garcia last weekend. According to CBS Sports, Spence looked like his old self in the main event with a dominating performance from Arlington, Texas. 14 months removed from the ring following recovery from a scary car crash. Errol Spence Jr. looked better than ever before in a strong case for consideration at the best 147-pound fighter in the world. Spence, 27-0, 20 KOs, made a successful defense of his IBF and WBC welterweight titles with 
third with a thorough clinic of former two division champion Danny Garcia inside AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. All three judges favored Spence via scores of 116-112 twice and 117-111. In his third straight headlining role atop a pay-per-view card, the 30-year-old Spence showed no signs of ill effect after flipping his Ferrari multiple times before being ejected from the vehicle last October. Despite an arrest for DWI, Spence survived the ordeal without any broken bones and might have produced the best performance of his career against Garcia, 36-3, 21-KO'd. I proved to myself that I am the best 147-pounder in the world, Spence said. Danny Garcia pushed me to the limits, especially in training. He's a great champion, and I know I would be 100% ready. That's why I chose him. Despite having both WBO champion Terrence Crocker and former champ and challenger Sean Porter in attendance on Saturday night, Spence chose to remain quiet when it came to who his next opponent could be as some speculate the potential of him facing WBA champion Manny Pacquiao or even mm -hmm. Keith Thurman. Spence Garcia, Tristan, how was it? Did they get it right? How did both fighters do? What do we make of his performance after having such a tragedy? And where do we go for him fighting next? So many prospects. Well, you know, um, one thing for me, you know, I was excited uh, about the fight in the first place, just to see, just to see Errol Spence back in the fold, um, you know, after, after the accident that he had and just all that he went through with that. Uh, with all that being said, you know, watching the fight, you know, I have mad respect for Danny Garcia as a boxer. Uh, first and foremost, I uh, just want to make sure that's out there. I do. But when we watched the fight, it really saw how miraculous his Errol Spence, now his recovery was because watching him, you know, you could see that the, he didn't really lose too much. You know what I'm saying? Like he looked like the, the Errol Spence from before, which was amazing considering the accident, but, you know, definitely showed himself to be the technician that he is. I think he realized the punching power of Danny Garcia and just really outwitted him in the ring. I mean, it's just, just kind of showed his, his experience and his, um, his ring intelligence uh, in there to be as dominant as he was. Um, I think it was a very entertaining fight. I think Errol Spence and Danny, Danny Garcia both put on a great show. Um, I think the judges were correct on that because when you look at it, um, you look at the amount of punches that were thrown, the punching percentage, um, how Errol Spence made him miss a few times, things like that. You know, he just looked like the more um, polished uh, fighter in the match. And, and, you know, again, it's not to disrespect Danny Garcia. That's why I wanted to say what I said in first about him. But when you watch Earl Spence, you just saw the technician that he is. Now for me, I know everybody's talking about, you know, it should, I think it's uh, his next fight. Should, they want it to be Pacquiao or whatever. I honestly believe that we're at the place now where it needs to be Terrence Crawford. There shouldn't be another person um, before him or, you know, it just, now we see, okay, Errol Spence, we see you're good. You're okay. We need to look at Terrence Crawford now. I think there's no point of stalling anymore. Next up, correct? Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, who else are you looking, who else are you looking, looking at in, in, in that division? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, you got, it's got to be Terrence Crawford now. I mean, I mean, Pacquiao, yeah. I mean, it'll sell because it's Pacquiao. You know, everybody's gonna wonder, but I mean, Pacquiao. You know, his time, his his time is coming gone. 
And it's not to take away from him as a fighter. I know he still can fight, but give give the people what they want. Give us as boxing fans, give us what we want. We want Crawford versus Spence. We don't want to see anything else but that. And Terrence Crawford, the way he's talking, he's ready to rock. So I don't see what where the hesitation is in making this fight happen. Especially if we gotta go on quarantine. Give us something to watch. You feel me? Speaking of something, speaking of something that we can watch, Tristan. Be- yeah. These exhibitions, we said that they were gonna happen and continue to go on and on again, and not to be outdone because he will never not be outdone because he won't he won't allow himself to be outdone and to be forgotten. Some never too shy of the spotlight, always wanting the spotlight, always trying to find it and will never be without it. Guess what he did? And you know what I'm talking about. In other boxing news, Floyd Mayweather, according to CNN, Floyd Mayweather Jr. announced Sunday he will return to the ring in a super exhibition against YouTuber Logan Paul. What's up with these YouTubers? The people who can't stay without sense, they can't be staying away from them. And they get knocked out. And the next thing you know, oh, it was just a YouTuber. No, exactly. he got you. The match, exactly. is, <laughs> the match is scheduled for February 20th, 2021. According to a post from Floyd on his Instagram page, the bout will be available via pay-per-view according to the event's website. The first 1 million purchases will cost $24.99, increasing to $39.99 that the threshold is reached. On December 29th, the price jumps to $59.99 and then turns to $69.99 on February. Of course, there had to be some money involved in this. Of course, of course. The announcement comes one week after Paul's brother, Jake Paul, knocked out former NBA player Nate Robinson. Logan Paul has fought before. He he fought twice a blogger and rapper Olajide KSI Olatunji with the first bout ending in a draw and a second with KSI in victory over Paul. Mayweather, who was undefeated in his career with a record of 50-0, is considered one of boxing's all-time greats. These exhibitions are starting to change the perception for me, but you're still one of the best boxers ever in the game. He retired in 2017 after defeating Conor McGregor, a fight that Forbes estimated generated more than $550 million in revenue. Mayweather yep. earned a reported $275 million, a sum generated both from his roles as a fighter and as a promoter. As of right now, I'm doing exhibitions, Mayweather told CNN and Espanol's Raul Sarns. Earlier this year, I'm 100% sure that I'm not fighting against an, any other boxer anymore. As you should. <laughs> Here's my thing. So, <laughs> you look at <laughs> because man, when I saw okay, first of all, when I saw the when I saw the flyer go out, thought it was a joke. I really did. I was like, oh, everybody just trolling, you know, saying. And then you kept getting the buzz and you were seeing like, oh no, this is happening. Like this is actually happening. Like, fool, you're about to do this. Like, you don't, and, 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 and we talked about this before. We talked about it when he went to go do that match in Asia against that boy that had no business being in the ring with Floyd. Floyd cannot get out of the spotlight. He is addicted 
to being in the spotlight. He is addicted to being the star. He can't help it. The fact that there was a big fight that was talked about a, a couple weekends ago and, and even this past weekend, and his name was not the main name on the card, bothers him. Like, I'm determined to believe that's what it is because I know it's not the money. You have money like your kids, 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 kids will be wealthy <laughs> because of you. So I know it's not the money. I know it's not the itch to fight. What more do you have to prove? You are undefeated as a as a, a, a boxer. What more do you have to do? You're, you're viewed as technically the greatest boxer ever, defensively the greatest boxer ever. So there's nothing more that you have to prove in that regard. So the only thing that's left is that you cannot help yourself but to be in the spotlight. You just can't, you can't let it, you can't let these other boxers flourish. And then you don't even pick a fighter that might be worth something to see you come out of retirement fight. No, you want to go against the brother <laughs> of, of another YouTuber who is, what is he, what is he, oh, one and one or something like that. And then the fact, then the dude has the nerve to go on his, I think he has like a podcast or some show, whatever, whatever, has the nerve to say he could, if he catches Floyd with one shot, it's over. What you mean if you catch Floyd, you're not going to catch him. What you talking about? Like you got this guy talking trash thing and he can knock you out, Floyd. This makes no sense. We enjoyed the nostalgia of Mike Tyson and uh, Roy Jones Jr. because it was the nostalgia of two great pr prize fighters, you know, yeah, they were past their prime, but it was still good to look out for the nostalgia. We understood the whole beef with Nate Robinson and Jake Paul and all that. We get all that. So we so that was entertainment for us. This to me is just foolish. It's just foolish. <laughs> Why would you even want to do this? So I mean, Floyd's gonna mop mop the floor with him because again, you know, I mean, you're talking about years of brilliance and technique versus a guy that's probably been boxing with only three, four years. And I know it takes one hit. Anybody can get hit. I, I get it. But I mean, we ain't seen nobody knock out Floyd. So I just, I don't know what you're trying to tell me. Nobody, nobody's beating him. So you're not about to tell me a YouTuber is going to do something that uh, 50 other humans couldn't do. I, I just, you're not going to, you're not going to tell me that. So I just, I, I didn't understand it. I was just like, okay, I guess like, I'm not, I'm not really looking forward to watching that at all. I just feel like he's greedy for the spotlight. You know how we talk about popping circumstance and you, you talk about that in graduations or you talk about that in other situations where it's not about the particular situation. It's about what involves the situation. He enjoys everything that comes with a fight. He, yes. and, 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 and he may not, and, and I think he's taking this fight because he particularly does not want to fight. So all he has to do is the bare minimum against a YouTuber who has no experience that's probably doing it for clout himself. But the thing right. about it is they actually think that they have real skills. Yes. And now that his brother, because his brother has knocked out Nate Robinson. So now Oh, their last name is on the map. So all I got to do is get in a ring with this legend. He thinks exactly. he's going to have his way with me. If I get him one time or make him look like something stupid, I've become victorious. And what it does is, I don't know if it takes away, it doesn't tarnish the legacy. It doesn't tarnish anything. No. No. But it also is like, 
it also makes you look at the person like, oh, you're freaking crazy. You're yes. wild. Because yes. we didn't have to pay attention to all of this when you yes. were just in your sport, doing your regular bid, having your regular fights. We were anticipating you coming back. You coming. He, he enjoys coming through the tunnel. He enjoys the music behind it. He enjoys the crowd. Yeah. He enjoys the. We didn't have to worry about that. That we let you rock because you were being a professional boxer. But now that we have to see you retired, we're seeing who you are as a person outside of boxing. And we're seeing that these character flaws, <laughs> as far as not being, you, you can't, if you watch him a little bit, Tristan, when he, after those tank fights, he can't stay too much away from the victory. No. His victory, Tank's victory is his victory. Tank, technically it is. But, but I was cool with that. Spotlight. But I was cool with that. I was cool with him being a manager type. He might have been the manager that was a little too much in the spotlight, as you say. I get, I get I that. But, <laughs> right. I, and there you go. But I was cool. I was cool with that. All right, that's fine. But you were trying to go back in the ring, and at some point you're gonna make a fool of yourself. At some point, if you if you try to start this trend where you just gonna pick random fights or whatever, you think you're just going back. At some point, you're gonna get somebody gonna get you. It might be a lucky shot or whatever, but somebody gonna get you because that that speed of yours, that quickness, I mean, you getting up there, brother. It, that thing ain't gonna last forever. It's not. So I hate, I just don't wanna see great. I, I, we've talked about this before. I don't like to see great athletes try to think they got one more in them and then they make a fool out of themselves. I hate seeing it. Playing devil's advocate, as we're waiting for our guests to come on, are right. they showing on yet? What time are we looking? No, still got like three minutes, so. Okay. Playing devil's advocate here. In the event. <laughs> In the event. Uh -huh. He rocks them. And Floyd Mayweather, the most, the best defensive fighter to ever play, to ever box. Uh -huh. What's the first word that comes out your mouth? I, I'm not allowed to say it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm not allowed to say it. I, that you, if you wanted that, that's gonna be a show that people are gonna want to see. Let that, let that happen. Let that happen. That's gonna be a show people gonna want to see because I, <laughs> I just. I don't even want to think about it. This Floyd, you already set it in motion. It's going to happen. Floyd, handle your business. Do what you got to do. That's all, that's all I'm going to leave right there. Just handle your business. Do what you got to do, man. Handle your business. Tristan, handle I haven't given you a chance as of lately. Not to say that we haven't been paying attention because we all know what COVID-19 has done for college sports. For college football in a minute. What you got for us in a minute? So, <laughs> I'm, I'm having mixed emotions. I'm having mixed emotions because um, I feel like the Big Ten should really just be owned by Ohio State. Like, I really honestly believe that that's what needs to be the case because um, I don't understand how you made up the rule that you needed to play X number of games in college football 
in order to be considered for the college football playoff and, and all the conference championships. But because Ohio State didn't get to play the games, all the games that they were supposed to, that they were required to play because of COVID, then you just all of a sudden adjust the rules to get Ohio State in the in, in the conference championship. It's just it's just amazing. I mean, I understand it's COVID. I understand that people, um, you know, they want to, uh, they'll be coming in here in a couple minutes. I understand that, you know, they want to, um, it's hard to not have Ohio State in there. You know, Justin Fields, who, you know, who's supposed to be one of the Heisman finalists, top pick in the draft. I get it. I get all that. But the fact that you just have this, you know, this randomness of, of, all of a sudden, we're gonna just switch the rules real fast so that Ohio State can still stay relevant is is beyond me. It's just it's just really beyond me. I just I'm stuck on that. That that was really the talk of the week for me for college football is just Ohio State getting that just getting that opportunity. It was like the college football was just like Ohio State has to be a part. So it is what it is. Like we got to find a way to make them a part. It, it was just ridiculous. But hey, it is what it is. Let's see if they capitalize off of it, you know. But that was that was interesting for me this week to see that. Mm-hmm. I feel bad for Northwestern schools like Northwestern and stuff that's been playing hard this season. And we'll just see what Ohio State does. I, you know, I I, just, I don't like it. I have mixed feelings because I like watching Ohio State, but I just I guess we gotta blame COVID for all the confusion. I guess we have to blame COVID and the fact that the name means so much that you can just they're afraid to not have Ohio State in there because one Ohio State is ratings and two I don't want that smoke. <laughs> yeah. The big the, the Big Ten is Ohio State. They should just name they should just call it Buckeye Ten. Because it's it's Ohio State or nothing in that conference. Like that's that's what it is. You know, Michigan is has been irrelevant for a while. So it's all about Ohio State. So I mean it is what it is. If you're tuning in, you're tuning into episode 104. Emphasis on the four. This is the Bobby Orr edition. Make sure you drop those comments down below. Make sure you talk to us. Make sure that you're catching us every Saturday on Heritage Sports Radio Network. I believe we're there between 1 and 2 p.m. Um, that's where they fit us in the time slot. I never thought about it until now. Heritage Sports Radio Network, share black stories. We are all black here, right on. Anyways, make sure you, if you missed this, you go on YouTube, follow us there. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Make sure you you take us on the go. When you're on the go, put your headphones on, pop us in your car. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Play, Apple Podcasts. Uh, Google playlist everywhere you get your podcast. Um, something I'm missing, Tristan, because this is all Tristan's baby because he works on it for us so diligently and gets us on all these platforms. <laughs> and we're so happy about that. We're and, everywhere. Um, we are everywhere. So we're waiting for two special guests. What time we got here? 9.22, right on time. 9.22. So I'm waiting. We're waiting on two special guests. Two special guests that have been here before. And we can't talk NFL scores, highlights, news, and notes. 
I know you guys saw all the NBA news that came out today. Somebody got a big paycheck. Hopefully they can put it <laughs> together with a big playoff win. Page. We'll yeah, we'll see. But uh, <laughs> we're, we're saving that conversation for what will be our last show of the year, 2020, December 17th. And we have a special guest for that. He even is, is it he? He even is going to give us an hour. And you are used to seeing this guy all the time. It's, a, it's going to be an honor. And the, for once, we, we, got, we already figured out how to name a show. The NBA is Back special will be next Thursday. We will talk about Christmas. Shout out to the NBA. The Knicks aren't on this year. The Christmas <laughs> special. <laughs> going to have the Christmas special. We're going to talk about those games. We're going to talk about life in the bubble, outside the bubble, getting back to play. Everything you need to set you up for this NBA season that came back back. Oh, man. Can you believe it's almost the end of as crazy and horrible as to, I can't say 2020 has been horrible, totally horrible, because in some fashion, it has given us a different perspective. It has allowed for everyone to do certain things that they probably wouldn't be able to do and and have the certain perspectives they weren't able to have a perspective on prior to COVID. But 2020. The AT double hockey sticks has been. We should have known it was going down the drain when rest in peace, Mamba, when he went away. But this is we waiting for 21 to see what's going to happen with that. But 2020 will be something to remember for sure. Mm -hmm. Did you bring them in yet? Yeah, they're here. They're here. I can't see them. You know why? You probably gotta switch your yeah, switch over. Because I have a phone. All oh. right. Listen, I can't have NFL news and notes and highlights without these ladies. You know, typically, a lot of people would say that they wouldn't want to go wait to the, you don't want to wait to the last minute to do something. You don't want to wait for your time to dwindle and dwindle, dwindle and dwindle. You don't want to go down to the wire, they say. However, in this case, this is the only place as I tell my cat to sit down, please. <laughs> In this case, this is the only place we want to be. We're going to go down to the wire. And Chanel, Courtney, babies, my friends, you're rolling with Ramos. This isn't your first go around. This is the, not the first time you've been here. So at this point, I'm letting you in my house. Well, literally and figuratively i'm letting you in my house but you can go in the kitchen and pick your own glass and get your own juice because you are no longer guest in my house welcome to rolling with ramos tristan you're outnumbered again it's all good you know i'm i'm fine with it you know i'm all for all these ladies in sports that know their sports i follow these two ladies all the time they always bring great content uh especially doing their thing with espn so i'm more than happy to be outnumbered in this moment <laughs> What's shaking, lady? Hey, uh, I'm so happy to be here again. This is an honor to yeah. be on here twice. Okay. <laughs> I'm really excited. You know, me and Chanel, we love talking NFL. And best believe, we definitely going to have some takes for y'all tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get right into this thing, shall we? Dallas 17, 
The Baltimore Ravens, 34. Lamar Jackson, 12 of 17, 107 yards, two touchdowns. He did throw a pick. Back in action after having a 15-day layoff, Lamar Jackson directed a relentless rushing attack that the Baltimore Ravens hope will be the first big step in a run to the playoffs. Jackson ran for 94 yards and a touchdown, and the Ravens returned from a COVID-19 outbreak to amass 294 yards rushing in a 34-17 route of the Dallas Cowboys on Tuesday night. A random Tuesday night, but whatever. <laughs> Anyways, playing for the first time since November 22nd, following a positive test for potentially deadly virus, coronavirus, Jackson carried 13 times and threw for two scores. He was one of 23 Ravens to spend time on the reserve COVID-19 list while four different strains of the virus swept through the organization. I can't, I still can't really taste or smell, but I'm good, Jackson said. I feel good to be back with my guys. It was like two weeks I ain't seen them. Although the Ravens still have a half a dozen players on the COVID-19 list, the team felt complete for the first time in weeks. It's like when you go on a family vacation and one of your family members gets sick, you can't bring them, rookie linebacker Patrick Queen said. You're down in the dumps. The game was played on Tuesday night because Baltimore's previous game against Pittsburgh last Wednesday was pushed back three times while the Ravens had at least one player test positive for 10 consecutive days. The last place, <laughs> reiteration on the last play, Cowboys <laughs> three and nine have lost six of seven. Andy Dalton went 34 for 48, 285 yards and two touchdowns. And Ezekiel Elliott, this folks be your year. I don't know what happened, but you supposed to put them on your back. But 77 yards is what you gave them. We will talk about Des Bryant later. So okay. hold your horses on that. We'll talk about that later. Courtney, with the outbreak of the Ravens and having a continued schedule of conflicts, and um, Chanel, I want you to follow after, afterwards. This was a random Tuesday. Don't get me wrong. Tuesday, Wednesday, you basically had football every part of this week. I'm not complaining, but COVID has been crazy. A lot on the fence about playing, uh, a lot of people on the fence about playing, of whether or not this game should be played a lot. A lot of people didn't think the Pittsburgh game should be played a lot. Should the Ravens and Cowboys should have played? And with playing, what is the league continuing to show the guys about the care of their health? Mm. Ooh, okay. I talk about this a lot. <laughs> I, I I feel like I pretty much tweet about this every day. No, do. I do not think that that game should have been played on Tuesday. I'm thankful that it was because it was a good game. Like until like the second, the end of the second half when the Ravens just kind of ran away with it, but it was a good game. And like you said, Mikel, like I love having football to watch every day. Like it's, it's my favorite thing to do. So I'm more than happy with it. But the fact that Des Bryant tested positive, and I know we're going to get to this later, but the fact that he tested positive 19 minutes before the game was going to start and they still played this game. What they're saying is that they don't care. <laughs> they're yeah. saying at the beginning of the season, we gave you an opportunity to opt out. You said you wanted to play and make this money. So if you get sick, you get sick. Yeah. Now. Yeah, I think the exact same thing. I think this is like, this whole COVID is like what we were going through with what is a catch? Like, what is the COVID protocol? Like, what does it, you know what I mean? Like, what does it mean? If someone gets COVID, 
are they should the game be canceled because they're around all of these players what's a catch is a catch when the ball when you outlast the ball all the grab like we don't know and i think that this just shows us that the nfl did not prepare for this like not and they didn't prepare because they don't care like to courtney's point like there are no rules they don't know what to do mm -hmm. um they're just like okay does brian all right since we're already here we already have both teams on the field hmm all right does bryant you're just going to be the one that doesn't play. So I just don't think there's any preparation. I don't think there's any real protocol, even though they say there is, but I don't think it is. And it's crazy that there is none because they had the longest amount of time to figure it out. I want to piggyback off of Chanel real fast and just say that, you know, as we're watching this season kind of unfold and everything move and everything change, it has become abundantly clear that there's not a plan. But honestly, what to me has become abundantly clear is that there aren't any women in the decision-making process when it comes to the NFL. Because <laughs> women would have absolutely just, just been the ones in the room to say, huh, does this make sense? Right. I don't think this makes sense. Maybe we should do it a different way. But obviously, because honestly, what got me was the week of Thanksgiving, them saying, we're going to close facility down, facilities down on Monday and Tuesday because we know that y'all have been with y'all families, y'all had y'all families flying in. We know that y'all have been with people that have not been in a bubble. And, but they still played games on Sunday. And I'm like, you know what? Like at the end of the day, I genuinely don't think any of these teams or the NFL is being completely transparent and honest about what the actual COVID numbers are. I think that they hide the players that they want to hide. They they gonna hide the numbers that they want to hide to make sure that these games get played because they're mm. not they're not losing the money on this. Mm. Listen, if you can hide Drew Brees, Tristan, in a broken rib for two weeks. And That's you waited true. till he got That's cracked again, and it was yes. the final straw. And you wouldn't yes. know. And and, you, and this is Drew Brees. Then it's amazing what you're gonna do with all these players. It's obvious. It's obvious that they're saying, "Look, just like Courtney and Chanel saying, you gonna get it. We yes. know you gonna get it. We are gonna let you go away for about 14 days. Make mm -hmm. sure you come back, and then you can play again." But the money maker. We talk about money making in the NFL, and we know they're all. If this is a capitalistic society, the NFL should be the head of this corporation because if it's about capitalism and making money, we're, what will happen if they're, because I guess they're feeling like, okay, we all know how they feel about Lamar Jackson. They try to make a black quarterback have a problem every five seconds. This man can do no wrong in your eyes. I don't know why you keep finding something. So to them, maybe every other, to him in every other case, oh, this is not something that's going to take away from us. People are still going to watch these games. We're going to get this extra money. But we need to take a hit that's bad. This is where I enter a guy like Patrick Mahomes. What happens if he gets it in Kansas City? If we're talking about this dynasty and everybody wants to watch it and, and the NFL is probably riding its coattail and you ladies can and piggyback after that. Tristan, what happens if he gets it and they go down? What they think about it? Because Patrick Mahomes is the lead. Well, yeah, not only that Patrick Mahomes is, is basically the face of the league right now, but you also got to look at Kansas City's record. So if he goes down and then they lose game, if they try to go with a backup, but they end up losing, you know, one or two games because he's down because of COVID, that plays a whole part. Understand that one of the fears that the NFL had in the beginning before the season even started was when they gave the players options to opt out, 
what they were looking, what, what they looked at as a fear was, if one of our stars in the league says, I'm not going to play, that's going to play a part. If a quarterback says, I'm not going to play, that's going to play a big part in what they're going to decide to do. The only reason why this, this, this ship that the NFL has been running has been going forward is because when you look at the Ravens, they were already on a slide with their record with the few games that they were playing. They were already struggling. So when Lamar Jackson had COVID, it was kind of like right on time because they weren't on any winning streak and their record was still so-so. Mm-hmm. When Cam yeah. Newton had COVID, it was the same situation with the Patriots. They didn't know it was new system, didn't have a lot of marquee players other than Cam. Mm-hmm. So that was, you were able to kind of ride that wave and say, okay, we can kind of get past this because we didn't look for that team to really do anything in the playoffs or get to the playoffs anyway. Now, if it was Aaron Rodgers, where their record is, if Aaron Rodgers had gotten COVID and we had to sit out for a couple of games, if it was Ben Roethlisberger that had COVID and had to sit out a couple of games, if it was uh, Patrick Mahomes had to sit out because of COVID for a couple of games, Drew Brees, all these guys that had these records, Russell Wilson early on in the season, if he had it, that would have changed the whole landscape. So what's happening right now is that everything's kind of moving in their favor. And those that caught COVID that you would consider being stars of the league, it was like, well, that's just a minor sacrifice because their teams weren't doing that well anyway. So if it was Patrick Mahomes, I think that's when you would really see the concern because why else are you watching Kansas City? You're watching for him. It, it doesn't matter if he's not the quarterback, that, that thing doesn't go as well as it does. So if it was if it was to happen to Patrick Mahomes, if it was to happen to Aaron Rodgers, that would they would probably shut down NFL season for like a week because if they can't say, oh, they lost the game and they're like, well, Patrick Mahomes didn't play. That's why they lost. Or if you cost them the first round by in the playoffs because he got sick and he didn't play for two, three games. There's so many big factors in in that team with that record, with that quarterback, that they would have made adjustments. Well, because it was Cam with the Patriots and Lamar with the Ravens who started having a slide, it, it didn't hurt them. So they're just going to keep this mm-hmm. thing going for as much as they can. Ladies, I mean, I, I can pick, I can think back. Cause I, I, okay. So no, Tristan, what you said is, is exactly facts. I think if let's say, let's say Patrick Mahomes got COVID, right? First of all, I don't think they would tell us. <laughs> like, I think they would let him play sick. First of all, like that's, that's yes. first of all, what I think would happen. Yes. But second of all, if they did announce that he has COVID, it also depends on when it is. If it's the first week of the playoffs, or let's say they get the bye and they don't even play the first week. If it's the second week of the playoffs and they're playing the Ravens or they're playing the Browns, I'm telling you that game will not be played until Patrick Mahomes can play. They're not gonna do. They're not gonna do it. Like it. It. It sucks that it had to be Cam and Lamar because for yeah. the same reasons that Tristan said. Because they. And I mean, I guess Ryan Tannehill too. Even though Tannehill didn't have it, but his team did. His team. So so I, it sucks that it had to be them. But that's what concerns me so much about the NFL being so adamant that they're not gonna do a bubble. I'm like okay, like, yeah, you guys have had things, you know, under control kind of since the season has started. But right now, during the season, those games can shift. Those games can move. Those games aren't as pressing. A playoff game that you spend a week prep preparing for, you're not about to have a team go, a a team like the Broncos that's going to play without a quarterback. 
You're not going to do that to a playoff team. I don't care. Like, you're not going to do that. Those coaches are not going to stand for that. Those players are not going to stand for that. So, you know, I'm, I'm very interested to see what happens because and that that's going to be the thing, whether it's Aaron Rodgers and I'm, and you know, what's sick is like, I hate to even say this, but I honestly only think it's going to be for Caucasian <laughs> quarterbacks and then Patrick Mahomes. Like, I honestly, I don't think they would stop. I don't think they would stop. And he's separate he, <laughs> he is, he is separate because he's the, he he's not just Caucasian. He's the face, right. He's yeah. separate because he's the face he of the league. Yeah. That's, I, I wasn't trying to loop him in as Caucasian at oh, all. Okay. I'm saying that right. the Caucasian no, quarterback and then him because he's the face of the league. Yeah, I don't yeah. think they're going to stop yeah. things for Russell Wilson and I don't think they would stop things for Kyler. And the goal is to get to the Super Bowl because they said that Super Bowl might not even be able to be played if this thing gets so out of hand, but they want it so bad. Um, Let's talk about the X's and O's a little bit. Um, We saw Lamar Jackson coming back. The difference of a year for the Ravens because we we saw what was last year, the MVP season, and this Mm. year we're seeing we're seeing, uh, 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 you can't say that they haven't been good as far as defensively. Oh, Derrick Henry runs all over him. But Calais Campbell is hurt. So you're missing the guy you bought in to do all that. Then you turn around, Lamar Jackson has hit sort of bit of a wall. I don't think he's plateauing. You need to relax. Why is it that extreme? I mean, I think he's just hitting some, I mean, he, he's still learning. We forget these guys, this guy is, is, is so early in his career that he's still figuring stuff about himself that he's trying to get through. It's growing pains still to a degree. And it's even worse because he was successful last year. So now everybody's expecting that same Midas touch. But the Ravens, and then you hit COVID. So they really haven't had the chance to move forward to look like this team. They look good Tuesday. Either they look good or the Cowboys and all the money they spent just went down the drain because (laughs) the defense sucks. But they look good. good. Can we call them a contender for the playoffs if they continue, if they can get healthy and they can can get on a roll? Chanel, Um, this is a thing for you. Yeah, because I can't be a hater. Like, you know, I got to be. Don't you be biased. No, I think that when I watched Lamar Jackson yesterday, the day before yesterday, I don't know. One of these weeks. This this week. (laughs) Um, he kind of looked like him last year. Like we didn't see him. He, he hasn't been that comfortable. I feel like all season. Like I don't know if it's the play calling. I don't know if it's just him. Um, you know, he did so good last year that as a player, as a young player, especially coming into the league and having all of these doubts and having all of these people say you're running back and you're this, you're you can't throw, you can't. I think that him being so good last year it kind of took a toll on him this year. Like he was in his own head to me, watching him play against the Steelers. I was like, this is like, he looks bad. Like he looks terrible. Like he does not look like the guy that we have been seeing last year. So I think that if Lamar Jackson and if the coaches and the offensive coordinators can be his friend and they can do their job um, as offensive coordinators, um, and if receivers can catch the ball, I think that they can, I think that the Ravens can be contenders because they have a serious run game. Like their run game is good. Their defense is good. And they have a good quarterback. That's a contender to me because a lot of teams, Pittsburgh, 
doesn't have that in their contenders. You know what I'm saying? So I think that it's fair to say that Baltimore can be contenders because they have one of like they have three of the most important things. And that's me be, not being biased. Well, I'm, I'm gonna get to you later. Don't worry about it. I got some time for you. No, um, don't. I have no. some time with you. Anyways, <laughs> Tristan, Courtney, anything to add on this one? I mean, I like Courtney. Go ahead, Courtney. I don't think that they're contenders this year. Ooh. I think this year is done for them, if I'm being honest. And it's not even because they have a hard road, because they don't have that hard of a road left. They've got the Browns, the Jaguars, the Giants, the Bengals. That's not a hard road it, on paper. But see, here's the thing is that you still have to go out and do it. And I think the Cowboys are a bad team. <laughs> I think they're a bad, a, a bad morale. They like, I just think they're bad altogether. Like, yes, they they play, they they've played better as of late but I don't think I don't think they're a good team so yes I was impressed that Lamar started looking back like him old like his old self and maybe that's what he needed maybe he needed to play a bad team so that way he could show out so that way he could you know get his confidence back maybe that was it but like the Browns aren't a sleeper team they're not and they play on Monday Night Football so that's gonna be a tough game um the Jaguars they've tried Shoot, they tried against the against um the Packers two weeks ago. They tried last week. Like they they'd be trying. So if these teams all give their best effort, we don't know what what the Ravens are gonna do because their offense still has a lot of problems and their defense is racking up a lot of injuries. So for me, just looking at the the rest of the season, I don't see the Colts moving from their spot. I don't see. I mean, I, I I don't really see the Dolphins moving from their spot. So I'm trying to figure out who who's going to go so they can get in. And that that's my thing. That's why I don't think – I think this year is kind of done. Because of the teams that are already in the playoffs, I don't see them slowing down. Partner. So what if, if I told you guys that the Ravens' problems is not all Lamar's fault? Definitely. I want. I looked. I took time and looked at that game, and I was like, "This thing looks really familiar." I'm watching their play, their uh, offensive series, and I'm like, "This looks so similar how they run their offense." And I said, "Where did that offense come from?" And then I looked at Greg Roman, and I said, "Okay, well, let me look at what Greg Roman has done." And I said, "Oh, it does look familiar." Let's go back to when he was with the 49ers and had Colin Kaepernick, another mobile quarterback. Two tight ends, two running backs, one wide receiver. That's Greg Roman's core system when he runs his offense with these kind of players. Two running backs, two tight ends, one wide receiver out wide. Why does he do that? Because he likes to have the option for the quarterback to make a decision if he's going to throw or if he's going to run. And he wants to have that dynamic out there. The problem is he does not switch from that dynamic. He might have certain variations here and there coming out of that offense, but he doesn't stretch it to be anything else. He doesn't give you three wides. He doesn't give you four wides. He doesn't give you single back. He, it's, it's rare. He brings it once in a while. So what happened with the 49ers? Colin Kaepernick had that awesome season. And then the following season, the defense is caught up. And then they kept catching up to what he was doing. So he, what, that one season, you just didn't see it again from Colin Kaepernick. Because defensive, defensive coordinators caught up. Then he goes to the Buffalo Bills. Who does he have there? Tyrod Taylor. 
another mobile quarterback. He gets to run the same system. They had the one year where Sammy Watkins was dominant, had 1,000 yards, and then you didn't really see it build after that from him. Now he comes to Baltimore, same situation. Lamar has an awesome year. Hollywood had a great year. That one wide receiver that has a great year. And now all the defensive coordinators are starting up again. It looks too predictable. It looks too simple. You cannot fool defensive coordinators that long. It really takes them one season to see what they do. That's why you kind of, when you see players have an awesome season and it seems kind of like an outlier, you got to give them some time. Or if they're young and they, they, they ball out, it's like, okay, well, let's see what the next couple of years look like after that. Because now you're giving defensive coordinators tape so they can see what your weaknesses are and what your strengths are. That's what's happening with Greg Roman. And he refuses to do it. He ran that system. I looked it up. He ran that system 45% of the time in that game. 45% of the time. The only reason why it worked out was because the Dallas Cowboys defense is so horrendous that anyone can have a field day running on them. Really the only reason why it worked. And it seemed like, oh, they're, they're going to be back. No, no, no. The Dallas Cowboys defense is that horrendous. You got to remember, Antonio Gibson from the Washington football team had a career day against that against that defense. Had a career, twice in this season has had a career numbers against that defense. So... If Greg Roman doesn't switch up or you don't give somebody to, to expand more on what Lamar Jackson is doing, this is the situation that the Ravens are going to be in. And remember, they got to pay this man. So y'all got to figure out something because he's the next one down the pipe to get this big payday. Now, they need to look at what the Buffalo Bills have done with Josh Allen because we've seen this man progressively get better and better throwing in the pocket and still is a threat as an athlete. So he needs to take a page out of their book of how to develop their quarterback that way. But yeah, Lamar, I, I'm not looking at this as Lamar's having a, a plateau on his own merit. I think Greg Roman and whoever the, Q, the QB coach is for the Ravens have not put Lamar in a situation for him to expand and develop the way he needs to develop. They're not he's growing there. with him. No, he's still hesitant. <laughs> you cannot win big time football as in the playoffs. There's no way. Andrews cannot be your own, your end-all, be-all target the entire time. It's just not going to work. It's not going to work. Want to shout out to the Cowboys. First of all, we might need to wave at Jason Garrett because he wasn't totally the problem. Two, I feel bad for CeeDee Lamb because I, I needed you to get that, that touchdown back. I feel like it was right in your hands, and I know you was like, damn. never gotten that jersey. I was like, damn, you, you wanted that back. Um, speaking, because Courtney, you gave me this. Speaking of washing the year, because in true days of our lives fashion, in dramatic fashion, because you love this guy for his passion. Oh, but it gets a little bit too passionate sometimes. Des Bryant, <laughs> the game. If I would, they call, I'm calling it Jerry Gay. I don't care what they say. Tell me now. I would have told Lamar Jackson to throw it to him every time. I, you would have, you better catch it tonight so you could torch these people how they left you. They took most of the best of your years, if you want to get honest with me. But anyway, Des Bryant, the game was supposed to be, was supposed to feature Ravens receiver Des Bryant going against his former team. But Bryant left during warmups and was scratched with what Baltimore termed an illness. Bryant wrote on Twitter that he tested positive for COVID-19 and later posted, yeah, I'm going to go ahead 
and calling call it a quit for the rest of the season. I can't deal with this. Ryan scored 73 touchdowns with the Cowboys from 2010 to 17. And he was signed by the Ravens in October and saw his first action in two years, catching four passes in three games. Today, the news of today, the Ravens receiver was put on reserve COVID-19 list despite announcing earlier in the day that he had tested negative for the coronavirus. By being put on the list, Bryant did not practice on Thursday, will be out 10 days, and will miss Monday's game against the Cleveland Browns. If we want this final timeline of this coronavirus thing with Jeff Bryant, here it goes. On Tuesday, Bryant's test from the morning came back inconclusive around 7 p.m., about an hour before the Cowboys-Ravens game began. The test was, was re-ran and still came back inconclusive. In the meantime, Bryant took a rapid PCR test, which came back positive around 7.30 p.m. He was then ruled out the game with an illness. Whew, that's a lot to unpack there, isn't it? I don't even, I, I, feel, I don't, it's just so much to unpack. Like, I feel so bad for him. <laughs> he doesn't deserve that. Um, the Cowboys. Brian Clark is calling it scary, just to add that. The, the Cowboys, yeah, it, it, the Cowboys did like hurt him so bad. Like, I don't know if he'll be ever, ever he'll, he will ever like be able to recover from what the Cowboys did to him. Like, he is, and, and now you bring in this, like, this was his moment. Like, when the Ravens signed him, the first thing he did was go on that schedule and circle. Tuesday like that's because for him he needed that and I get it you know what I'm saying like I get it if I'm him and for that to happen I just don't know first of all why was he even on the field in the first place if no test came back negative that's number one so I blame the NFL for that like if it's inconclusive he shouldn't be on the field and he should have been crying Monday like instead of 15 minutes before the game you know what I'm saying so it's a lot of question mark so it's like okay why test him like what are we doing like is it it, he's inconclusive and he's on the field so why are we testing him again if he's already he's on the field he's hugging people he's so I just this is another like this is just a shady NFL we're never going to have answers to it we're never going to know type of thing and COVID I can't believe like we're dealing with a like pandemic and we're dealing with a virus and it's bringing like more shadiness out of the NFL. All I know is Roger Goodell <laughs> gonna have some explaining to do when he gets to the pearly gates because <laughs> like stuff just don't be adding up. And honestly, I don't know if any of y'all watched the feature that Fox ran on Des Tony Gonzalez sat down with Des Bryant. Honestly, I'm not gonna lie, I teared up a little bit just to see like everything, all the adversity that he had gone through since being cut from the Cowboys and just the the different ways that his life went and, you know, the depression and anxiety that he went through and, you know, just, just for this, for this to happen to him and for the way that it happened to him, like, like Chanel said, it'd be different if on Monday his test came back inconclusive or it came back positive then, and he would have had a whole day. Like he was, he was tweeting like us normal people, how we be tweeting through our emotions as it's happening. Like that's what he was doing. At no point did he ever even stop and take a breath. All he knows is like Chanel, this game that he's had circled on his calendar since the day he got to the Ravens, he's not going to be able to play. 
and he doesn't even understand why. And then for today, the, the test to come back negative, it's it's it, it really does suck for him. But honestly, it just really shows you again how the NFL is handling things. There's no reason, and this makes me this makes me realize honestly. I re I thought about when Marlon Humphreys tweeted right after the Steelers game, tested positive for the vid. And I'm like, yeah, because you're like, he must have, he must have had an inconclusive test. That's what I'm gaining from, from this situation right here is that they are, they let players play with inconclusive tests. They don't, they, like everyone's just sick. Everyone's sick. Yeah. And like, I'm like, I'm like, oh, all y'all are doing are is snitching on yourselves. Like, that's all y'all are doing because I, who I'm just very interested to see because there's just no way and honestly like I'm not I don't I don't even want to say this out loud but like not that I want this to happen but if the Cowboys somehow end up with a positive test sometime this week Jer or look everybody needs to have a panel and explain how you let this game go on I don't care what protocols you said you followed if a player tested positive 19 minutes before the game and there was a video on Twitter about him talking to a coach right before the game yes they both had masks on but he wasn't six feet away from that coach he wasn't like I'm sure his locker is right next to somebody else's like it just is the things don't make sense. I don't care about y'all contact tracing or whatever you said you did because you exactly didn't do it. You didn't do it. You're just telling us anything. Yeah, it's, it, it really, it really broke my heart to see it because it's, it's the same thing that Courtney said, like, when you, you know, because I, I watched that special and it's just like, I do not like the Cowboys. Anybody who knows me, I can't stand the Cowboys, but I love me some Des Bryant. And for, right for how they dealt with him, I was just like, oh, y'all terribly. Like, y'all make me not like y'all more. Because I'm just like, this dude broke all your wide receiver records. He did everything y'all asked of him. Everything that y'all asked of him when y'all drafted him to be. Y'all put the 88 on his chest, and he wore it with pride. And y'all just disposed of him like he was nothing. And I'm just like... This guy was like arguably like top two, three receivers in the game, and y'all just disposed of him like it was nothing. And and after that, just you know, for him to be able to, I heard they were like putting out rumors about him, things like that. So it made teams kind of hesitant to try to sign him. The Saints finally signed him, then he get hurt, and all this stuff. So for him to try to come back, it's just his career got robbed. Like we we talk about some athletes who we feel their careers got robbed. But, you know, there's like other stories that go with it. But I truly believe Des Bryant's career really got robbed from the Cowboys. I really believe that. His career should have been way better than what it is right now. And when when I was actually on Twitter, because like I said, I like to follow Chanel and Courtney and, and see what everybody talk about and stuff. And then I see his tweet talking about the COVID. I'm like, wait, what time does the game start? And that was the immediate thought in my mind was, so y'all really going to still play this game when you just the person that supposedly tested positive for COVID? And he was out there in warm-ups and talking to staff and dapping up people and y'all still going to have this game? And I was talking to people because they were like, well, they still got to play. I'm like, no, they got to postpone it. Like, sorry, but if you're getting this right now, y'all got to postpone it. Like, we don't know who else is going to have this thing. So you have to postpone it. They still went and played the game. And then you have today where he said he tested negative twice. It just, it blew my mind. I was just like, so 
who did Jerry pay? Like that's how I felt. Yes. <laughs> it was like, so who did Jerry pay? Because that just seemed the most random. It was just the most random sequence between Tuesday and today I've ever seen. You know, I just I didn't understand of all first of all, of all players, you had 18 players on your on your <laughs> roster test positive for COVID, which caused the Steelers to play last Wednesday. You had to postpone that game twice because you had 18 players that had COVID. And then everybody was clear, everybody was good, you played that game. And then you come here and only Des Bryant's the only positive? Come on, get, get out of here. Like, oh, you know, all my extra texts, baby. It just it just <laughs> didn't make sense. It didn't make sense. So I would honestly, if I was him, I'd I'd dig into it. I, I would I would really dig into it. Just how I, I mean he like can dig into it, but he needs to fight. Like he needs he to choose does. violence. Like, <laughs> yes. like <laughs> you yes. you know what's funny? Because I'm with you, uh, Tristan, and I've had the pleasure of interviewing Des Bryant, and I found that interview, even though they beat us that night, because I, I interviewed them Ravens, they were Redskins at the time. It was it was Cowboys, Redskins. And even though they beat us, I found that interview with him, you know, he's standing there, he's chocolate. <laughs> but he's standing there, he's throwing up the X, he's got the ADA chain on, and they're, they, you know, they have all these, if, if you're a black athlete, period, once you show some emotion, you're doing a little bit too much. You know, they're on the sideline and they're down by three and everybody, Jason Witten, everybody's on the sideline just chilling. And Des Bryant's like, wait a minute, come on, we got to do something. And then it's taken as if he's over animated and he's doing too much. And he's a cancer in the locker room and this and that. This man, Des Bryant, loves football. And in watching that special, there needs to be something that comes out about black wide receivers in the NFL and what they actually go through. I mean, we all heard about the news that's going, that came out about Randy Moss, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL came out this week saying, please get down, came out this week saying that he never felt a part of the New England Patriots. What? And then you, and then you could, and then um, there's reports on, on, on Terrell Owens saying he needed a quarterback like McNabb. These guys that are not allowed to come back because Terrell Owens could have had some more years. Osho Cinco should have had some more years. Somebody could have picked them up. And then we see Des Bryant two years later after what the Cowboys did there. Why is the black wide receiver in the NFL treated this way? Then you have a, a generational wide receiver in, in Megatron who said, I got to go now because I got to peace out because y'all not going to take care of me. There's something going on. There's something in the water. You're tuned in to episode 104 of your favorite sports podcast, Roaming the Airways, Rolling with Ramos. F emphasis on the foe, because we're going back around, mm -hmm. because we're paying homage to Bobby Orr. I happen to be the one who holds the last name Ramos. I would like to specifically thank my daddy for that one. Mike Ramos on the shirt in heaven. It's been two years. It's been a long time. Anyways, Courtney, Chanel, my partner in crime are with me. We go to Monday night, Buffalo, San Francisco, 34 to 24. This is where we stop right here again. Uh, Washington football team, 23. Chanel, I, I want to say that you look great. You always look great. You even look better in taking defeat because I have to mess with you. I'm sorry. I got to do this. But um, you obviously don't don't be following her on Twitter if you think she's good in listen because she's <laughs> it took, blaming it took everything in me. It took everything in me 
Not I apologize for my actions. <laughs> my family and I are requesting privacy. You was drunk. My family and I are requesting privacy at this moment. No, I was firing off at everybody. <laughs> no, literally, if you wrote a period, if you tweeted her a period, she was going to write she you back. Going on. For, like, reading Why are you talking to me? Why are you help? talking to me? Your team, your team lost five games this season. I don't want to hear it. But I deserve it. I deserved it. It's fine. I, it's well, fine. The, I deserve it. The Washington football team, <laughs> who beat the Cowboys twice this season, mm-hmm. and also beat the undefeated team, Pittsburgh, 723 to 17. Surprise! <laughs> Washington ends Pittsburgh's perfect season. I mean, it wasn't perfect anyway, because you guys, I mean, it's not like y'all was playing. In it, was perfect. it was perfect. It was like 11. That. It was perfect. It was perfect. Let's not, let's not do too much. The Pittsburgh Steelers spent three months shaking off whatever 2020 threw at them, schedule changes, injuries to a handful of impact players. The ever-present threat of COVID-19. Through the chaos, they kept winning, sometimes pretty, sometimes ugly. Sometimes pretty, sometimes ugly. Sometimes a little bit of both in the same game. Through it all, they insisted that they were well aware of their flaws. <laughs> Painting, pointing out time and again, the only thing perfect about them was their record. So much for that. Pittsburgh's bid for an unbeaten season is over. Washington's, yes, Washington's quest for an unlikely division title may just be started. Alex Smith threw for 296 yards and touchdown. Dustin Hopkins, he kicked a tie-breaking 45-yard field goal with 204 remaining, and Washington rallied for a 23-17 victory over on Monday in one of the biggest surprises of the NFL season. We've been down for such a long time and we're trying to rebuild ourselves and build up, first-year coach Ron Rivera said. This is something we can build off of. The Steelers, 11-1, missed a chance to clinch a playoff berth and dropped into a tie with defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs for the best record in the AFC with four weeks remaining. They squandered a 14-point lead. It stinks, Pittsburgh quarterback Ben Roethlisberger said. Been a while since we lost a game. It's not a good feeling. The Steelers were 10-point favorites while facing a team that hadn't won three straight since 2018 and hadn't won in Pittsburgh since 1991. Now, with that said, Washington won the Super Bowl that season. The club's expectations this year are for more modest terms. Yet a day after the New York Giants won at Seattle, Washington 5-7, and seven, kept pace while going while giving the lowly NFC East its second marquee victory in 25-ish hours. Ben Roethlisberger, 33 and 53, 305 yards, two touchdowns. He threw a pick. Is it my turn? No, um, I was definitely upset like when it happened because of course nobody wants to see their team lose, especially when you guys are undefeated. Like you don't want to see that. However, um, I'm not as angry about the loss because first of all, we needed a loss. Like we needed that because it was too much. Oh, is this the game we're going to lose? Oh, it's too, we got to go undefeated. Like, you know, oh, let's TikTok. Let's, you know, let's do all this fun stuff. Losing, never heard of it. Like that was fun. Cool, cool. Now we can, you know, now it's time to let that go. You're not, you, you guys are human now. Like, yeah, you come and you blow leads and some way, somehow you end up with the win. 
not this time. You're not invincible. You can lose. So I'm I'm okay with the loss. What I'm not okay with, um, I'm just not okay with how we lost. We had too many chances to win it at the end. First of all, we were up 14-0. That's number one. Um, but I do want to give credit to Washington because they played, they played harder. They wanted that win more than us. You can clearly see it. Like Alex Smith, he's no bum. Like he's not, he's not amazing. He's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not, you know, Russell Wilson, but he's no bum. Um, so I, I give them credit. Chase Young, like my money is on Chase Young. Chase Young versus Benny Snell. I'm taking Chase Young every time. Chase Young versus you know, Anthony McFarland, I'm taking Chase Young every time. Um, but our last three possessions, like we like it was a fourth and a fourth on um, fourth and goal that we didn't get. Then we get the ball again. Ben throws an interception. Then we get the ball again with time left. And, you know, we get close, but we stay in bounds and you know, time runs out. So I think that that game. If you look at the time of possession, it was almost identical because I had to go back and like see what let's let's unpack this. And if you look at the time of possession, it was almost identical. So what Washington did, they just used their time more wisely. Like we had the ball for the same amount of time, but we couldn't get it up the field. We couldn't convert. We can't run. We can't stop the run. So there are a lot of things that Pittsburgh needs to work with. And they do have a lot of injuries. In the defense, you know, we got Bud Dupree down. We've got Devin, but like those are pro bowl players that are down and TJ Watt has to do it by himself. And you got Spillane coming in and all these other new guys coming in trying to, you know, get comfortable with the defense. So I'm upset that we lost, but I just think we have to play better. I don't, usually I'm upset with Ben, but like our receivers have to do better. Like we're on TikTok. We're so happy and we're, firing back on Twitter and that that's fun when you're winning but once you're on TikTok and you're losing then it's and you're dropping passes and you're you know you're not focused then it's like okay you can't do both you can't multitask so now it's time to take the phone like it's time to put the phones down and play football and um I just hope for Pittsburgh like for me watching them it scares me because like a lot of teams are able to play us the way they do because they just have more grit than us like and it shows almost every game like they just have more heart than us when playing those games the titans have more heart than us i don't know how we won that titans game i don't know how we won that ravens game um last week like teams are coming and they're wanting it more than us and the only reason why we're winning is because you know we're better like defensively or, you know, we have Ben throwing a ball rather than their third string quarterback or RG3. That's the reason why we're winning. Like we're not winning because we want to, like we want this more than them. Um, so I think that in order for Pittsburgh to, you know, get in the playoffs, of course, you know, they'll get in the playoffs, but in order for us to have a good standing in the playoffs to win the division, because the Browns are not playing, like they're not playing at all. They figured out how to work with, uh, Baker Mayfield and they have not looked back since so this is not something that you know we have a hard schedule we have the we have to go to the Bills we have to go to the Bengals eh, you know not too worried about that Colts and then the Browns you won't worry about this one either you should be worried about it <laughs> what? which one you won't worry about the skin I mean well no I was I wasn't where I wasn't worried but you know we of should course, be worried we should, about the Bengals 
No, we should. I don't think we should be worried about the Bengals just because, like, there's not. I don't, I'm just I don't think there's anything games to not take. No, no, de- no, definitely don't take it lightly. But as far as you know, we have to be on our best game with the Bills, the Colts, and the Browns. You don't see two straight. There is no domino effect here. You learn from this when you move on, or are they going to continue this? Um, no, I think that if we don't, um, depending on what the mood like and what the attitude is like in this in the locker room and how Tomlin is carrying practice. Um, you will see how the Steelers come out in the first half because they're not like they usually don't come out. They're not a first half team ever. So depending on how they come out in Buffalo, I think that will tell you a lot. If they go down a lot in Buffalo, I think I, I almost think I almost want to say they lose out because you can't lose to the you can't lose to Washington and then go and lose bad to the Bills. Like that will mess you up completely. Um Go ahead. I think, but I think the Bills can beat y'all. No, 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 and, no. And I do. No, I do. I think that. Yeah. I think that they can. But I like, don't. Think I have that, the Bills winning that game because I don't just, think that they will though. I, I have the reason why I have it is because I think I think Joe Hayden's in concussion protocol. If I'm correct, ain't nobody worry about him. He can't cover anyway. So. Well, I mean, but he, I mean, but he's been he's been one of your better corners this season. He's been one of your better Sometimes. corners. <laughs> and then you got uh Spain. I think Spillane is dealing with some injury, but he might still give it a go because you know he's a tough like that. But losing Bud Dupree was big. I think um, the thing I, the thing I looked at with the Steelers is that you know you know when you have that parent that got a bunch of young kids, and that parent is you know that parent's a no nonsense parent, but them kids is just real acting up, just wilding out. That's really what it is. That like that's what it looked like to me because when you hear Tomlin, even after the Ravens game, he was just like this was horrible, and y'all won, but he was like this was terrible. But then you see Juju having a good old time on TikTok and all them boys, you know, the wives, she was having a good time. And I was telling people earlier in the week, I said, Washington can win because that front is better than most people's offensive line. I was like, and that's, that's really all I got. I didn't, I, I didn't talk about our offense or anything. I was like, that defensive front better than most people's offensive line. So if you sleep on them if you want to, but that front's going to come and get you. Like that, they, they go no holds bar, like they don't care. And Chase Young is like the ringleader of it, just going full head of steam. So, um, and I, I'm pretty sure, knowing how Mike Tomlin is, I'm pretty sure he's been laying into them all week after I'm that sure. match. So it's just, it was, it was literally watching guys that were just being cocky. It's like, oh, you really think you that good? Like, you're, Cause you're, you're not, you're, you're, you're not even you're not. good. And that was the thing, and I think, I think Ben understands that. I think Mike Thomas understands it. But that is a young team. I mean, you got some older players on there, but it's a fairly young team. I think they just need to get popped in the mouth to understand. But just off of ability, I just really think the Bills can can take you guys. They, I mean, with especially with Josh Allen coming off probably the best game of his young career, I just really think it, it'll be a good game. Like I'm, that's the game I'm, I'm excited to see. But I just really think the Bills can take that. Now after that, I think you guys will be fine because there's no Joe Burrow in Cincinnati right. right now. So I don't. The Bengals are irrelevant to me since he's. There. I think that uh, the only reason why I think that the Steelers are going to win it has nothing to do with like last game. I just think that like we play to the competition and it's so annoying. That's, like that's I cannot true. watch. I can't watch it. Like I will be nervous about a Ravens game. And then we beat them and then we'll lose to the Jags or we'll almost lose to the Cowboys or you like, you know what I'm saying? So that's the only reason why 
I just don't see them losing to the Bills because we're supposed to. So now they're going to be like, oh, okay, like, let's catch balls now. Like, let's be serious. Like, I just don't. That's the only reason why. But I also don't think the Bills is a team to, like, um, like, the Bills is not a team where it's just like, oh, you can just go in there and beat them. Like, first of all, it's Buffalo. So it's not going to be a nice a nice night in Buffalo. Um, middle of December. Middle of December. I don't, I don't, I, I just pray that while that's going on, I just pray that the Ravens for once, I'm praying for the Ravens to win. Like, I got to go for the Ravens because I need yeah. the Browns to, the Browns are getting too close. Courtney, you're hearing all this. What's going on in your head, girlfriend? The first thing going on in my head is Chanel and I have a friend who's a Ravens fan, <laughs> and he hated the fact that Chase Claypool and Juju were so happy all season long. And I was <laughs> like, well, what you want them to they winning? They haven't lost yet. What you want them to do? Be on TikTok crying after a win? Like, obviously, they're going to yes. celebrate. Nobody but, was saying nothing about big trust. Right, exactly. <laughs> and no, but that's the fact. Imagine your Panthers and Cam Newton back then if they had for 15 <laughs> games until we lost to the Falcons now. We was dabbing <laughs> every game. Like I'm, I wasn't mad at it. I followed both Chase Claypool and Juju on TikTok. I think they're hilarious. I wasn't mad at it. Do I think that they did need this loss like Chanel said? Yes. Yeah. Honestly, if I'm being honest, I think I told Chanel when I saw her either on Friday or Saturday and I was like, I wasn't worried before but I am now worried about the Washington football team. Cause like, like Tristan said, their defense is really good. I'm not, Alex Smith doesn't scare me if I'm being honest. Now that Antonio Gibson is gone, like their offense is still going to struggle. Like their offense is definitely still going to struggle, but their defense, they're really good. So (laughs) I wasn't all that surprised, but honestly, I just feel like, I don't know, like, like, I don't know. Like I don't have that much faith in the Steelers anymore i mean I, it's not even that i had that much faith in them before. that's wild courtney you were like y'all can really go 16 and oh, i did now, yes i did until, like, no no no, no. Right oh, i thought y'all could go 16 and 0 until you almost lost to rg3 and i don't even remember what their third string quarterback is that they almost. put in. all these that all was that family. was the game that changed everything to me they had like, nobody oh, i'm watching i'm literally watching balls go through chase claypool's hand like I'm literally watching it go through his hands, and I'm like, oh no, this this team's not ready. They're not ready. Do I think if 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 Ben can last and be you know Iron Man again next season, y'all gonna be nasty. Y'all gonna be nasty because the pieces of your defense will be back. And Chase, y'all have people, people good in trying Chase. to get paid. Y'all have something good. Y'all have something good in Juju. Y'all have something good in Benny Snell. I just think that this year, Except Juju not, stays. It's not not Juju's not getting. I don't know if he's gonna want some money. But he's not getting he it. Is. So, he is going to want money. How is he going? He's not going to get it when he when he hurt his foot stepping on a flag like three. Oh, I, I, he's not going to get I it. Agree. I, I agree, but he's going to look for it. He's going to look. That's why you so can look. On. You can look, but will it be there? Like, will it be there for Steelers? Might not be there for Steelers. He can go to the Jets. Speaking of the Jets, the Jets will gladly here. They need somebody to play for them. Look on the bright side. With all these TikToks and everything going on, at least they wasn't on the yacht like the Giants. And look what happened the last couple of years after them. <laughs> they ain't been the same as that yacht, baby. Child they have up. not. They yeah, have everybody not. on that yacht. <laughs> going down the Sunday timeline, Detroit beat Chicago 34 to 30, Cincinnati and Miami. Miami beat Cincinnati 19 to 7. 
what I need from you is understanding. Yes, escape. <laughs> they sang the national anthem, but nobody understood. But we all understand that the, the, the Falcons still lost this game. Um, <laughs> New Orleans beat the Falcons 21 to 16. Anybody got anything to say about that? Can I move on? All I got to say is I shouldn't have started Matt Ryan. I thought he was going to redeem himself, and he didn't. I mean, he wasn't terrible, but I shouldn't have started Matt Ryan in fantasy. Well, Mikkel, you already know how I feel about Matt Ryan. Overrated. Matty Slush. It's just, it's just, I've been saying it for years, and I'm just, I told told people, I said, I'll stand on this hill by myself if I have to, but I've been saying it for years, Matt Ryan is overrated. He's a good player, but he's, he benefited from having a lot of talent from Mm -hmm. basically his entire career. He's had talent, so that's how I feel now. I, I do want to talk about the Chicago Bears real quick. But guess what, real quick. Okay, go ahead. A Matt Patricialist Detroit Lions beat oh, the yes. Bears yes. 30. <laughs> 30 yes. Three down, one to go. Come on, Jets. <laughs> Come on, Jets. Do the right thing. But let me let me go to Chicago real quick. Let me go to Chicago real quick. If I'm the owner for the Chicago Bears, I'm firing everybody. <laughs> It's time. <laughs> Fire everyone. Everyone's got to go. It's taking Dude. Khalil Mack's best years. Come on now. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's talked about enough. I don't think it's talked about enough. Not only did you pick Mitchell Trubisky at number two, but you traded up to the number two pick and bypassed Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. Now, people didn't know Patrick Mahomes was going to be this. So I'm going to give you that credit. But everybody knew what Deshaun was going to do. Everybody him as well. knew. Yes, everybody named Mama knew that boy was bad. Watching what he did with Nick Saban, Alabama defense for those two years while he was at Clemson in them championship games and then winning the championship, like everybody knew that that was the guy. We already dubbed that he was going to be a great quarterback for Chicago, Windy City. We we see we I saw people tweeting saying what kind of peak coat he need to pick out the cold days in Chicago. Like, that was a done deal. You guys really went up and picked a guy that was really a project, and it has failed. It has failed miserably. And you had a team around this kid, and you botched it. You you scratched the whole offense. You changed coaches. You tried to do everything, and you botched it. And I'm watching Khalil Mack literally suffer in this team because he can't go nowhere while the Raiders are looking like they're on an upswing. And it's just like, man, you, I'm firing everybody. GM got to go. Everybody got to get fired. Everybody got to go because y'all botched this whole thing. It's it's unbelievable. Every time I watch Chicago play either Nick Foles or Mitchell Nabisky, I think to myself, I had a chance to get Patrick Mahomes and Tom Watson in the same drive. That's unbelievable to me. Unbelievable. That's all I got for that. That's just, it's just mind-boggling, mind-boggling. I, I got something. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. I, I got something a little bit. I'm actually very interested because we, we get to see Deshaun Watson versus Mitchell Trubisky this week. And I hope oh, Deshaun falls. Like, I balls. hope falls. <laughs> but, you know, it's very interesting to me that, you know, the Bears had an opportunity to get Cam in this offseason. Ooh. And not that Cam has been amazing. I'm not I'm not even trying to say that Cam has been amazing. Cam is better than Nick Foles. 
And Cam, yes. I think, works better in their offense because they like yes. design runs because that's what Mitchell can also do. They like design runs. Look, they have they have a couple good receivers. They have they have they have some solid pieces. Their defense is good. Literally, it's the quarterback. The quarterback is the is the problem it's in the problem. Chicago. And the fact that the fact that you're gonna pick up Nick Foles with with how big that contract was in Jacksonville. This all it took, you right? could have gotten this Cam for took. a million dollars. Like you could have gotten Cam for a million dollars. Like the Patriots. This did all it took. Years. That people great. really hate. Like teams really hate black quarterbacks. And a lot. They really a do. Lot. Like and you know, do. And, I'm sorry. This is this is just a, a very small segue because we're gonna get back on topic. But I had a conversation with my dad earlier. My dad was talking about how how everyone, how Cam's teammates love him in in New England. I was like, if we're being completely yeah. honest, everyone has always loved Cam except the media. The media is who demonizes Cam. His coaches have always said he's got a great work ethic. That you know he gets along with everybody. He comes in with nicknames for the entire team. For all 53 people on the roster, they all have a nickname. Like, the dude is a team player. I'm not saying that he's the best, but he was better than Nick Foles. He was better and cheaper. And I think more, more fitting for their offense and what their offense was doing with Mitchell Trubisky than Nick Foles. They have more offense with Cam. Mm-hmm. You better go all for Cam Courtney. Ring. It just Nick doesn't Foles. make sense. All it took was his ring. Nick Foles, that's all it took. And... He felt they kept calling. He felt he was better than he was. Look what he did in Philly. That's all it takes. That Look Philly at Philly team now. Was so loaded. So. The Philly team, that Philly team was so, it was meant for that one shot. That one shot, and they capitalized. Because there was a bunch of veterans on that team, but they had mm-hmm. that one good run. And that's all it took, and they got their ring. But look, look at, at just like Chanel said, look at Philly where they're at right now. Bunch of bad contracts, bunch of old guys on that roster. Mm-hmm. And, and a new stuck. black quarterback. <laughs> Again, and and it's just and, and honestly, I felt like Jalen was probably ready. He was probably ready prior to this week. You're gonna throw him against arguably the best defense in, in football. That's the first game you're gonna you're gonna put him out there for that. So if he struggles, what you gonna say? Oh, I told we told you it wasn't Jalen Hurts, and then put Carson Wentz back in. Yeah, like, I do think that that's what's gonna happen. But yeah, it was just I was just like I really. We need like a whole other show to talk about black quarterbacks. Like we need a whole other show. It's, 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 it's unbelievable. Black quarterbacks, black wide receivers. This whole show has been a, a predication of you telling me what I wasn't supposed to be and what I ain't, and and you need me. This whole league need me. Dad's what they did to him, the Cowboys, and they talk about Lamar like a dog every chance they get a chance to. Oh, they're enjoying this season and what's mm-hmm. going on, and that's so sad. Because when this man I told this man that he was supposed to be a ride receiver, he came in throwing everything that you told him he couldn't throw. And he still, if he wins that Super Bowl, the Ravens get a chance to take care of it. That's for the culture. But you want Patrick Mahomes. There's nothing against Patrick Mahomes. But you want that. You want the faces that you want. We got to get back on track. One, one thing, Las Vegas, 31, New York Jets, 28. The Jets do what the Jets do Jets things. Say that a million times. The Jets do Jet things. Because guess what? This is the point of the conversation where you're doing something as a mom and your kids running around in the back and you see me looking and I can't (laughs) say sit down, I can't say do it. But America meet Charlie. But anyway, the New York Jets appear to be on the brink of their first win this season 
after starting the year 0-10, the Jets actually resembled a competent football game for most of the afternoon against the Las Vegas Raiders. Two touchdowns in the fourth quarter helped the Jets take the lead in late into the game. All they needed was one more stop to get their first win. The Raiders started the drive on their own 39-yard line with 35 seconds on the clock and immediately started throwing deep. On the fourth play of the drive, Las Vegas quarterback Derek Carr launched the ball down the sideline and found Henry Ruggs for the game-winning touchdown. First of all, why is he in single coverage with any of you? Why is he in single coverage with any of y'all? And lastly, how... That ain't my problem. But anyway, of course, there is a nice silver lining for the Jets, even in the absurd defeat. A win would have taken the Jets out of the pole position for the first pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. And Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence, the fourth mission brother, you don't want to go. Just as Jets fans were starting to bemoan their team winning a game in the last season to potentially <laughs> lose out on a generational quarterback prospect. The team found a way to lose a game. It was almost certain to win anyway. J-E-T. Just, just, just. As a grown, as a grown man <laughs> that plays professional football, there is no way you let one of the, the fastest dude on the field get behind you. There is no, and then fall for the fake. I, I just can't, like, I just, it was just so, I had to watch it multiple times because I was just like, what happened? Like, what went wrong? And for me, it's just like, I don't care who you play for. Like, you are on a profession. I don't care who you about to get. Like you are on a professional, like you're a professional football player. Like there is no way you are covering someone and it's the fastest dude on the field and you allow him to get behind you. Like I didn't even, once he threw the ball, I was like, oh, like, I was like, oh, like it's, it's Derek Carr. It's not like it's um, Derek Carr is good. So he's going to make that pass. Like, you know what I'm saying? If you, if you give it to him, he's mm. going to make it. So once I saw the mm. ball leave his hand and I saw him like fake and then go, I said, okay, all right, I guess we're not in the playoffs yet because I needed the Jets to win for the Steelers' sake. But <laughs> nothing went my way that entire week. So, <laughs> that's where I am. I mean, honestly, I think, I think, who was it earlier this week? I can't remember who it was, but there was a, there was a, a NFL analyst that said, look, I think at the end of the day, Greg Williams wants this sink, wants this ship to sink. And he wants Adam Gase to be the sole, the sole reason for it. Like he was like, look, I, I know I'll probably get fired if I call this play. If I design this, this defensive scheme, I'll probably get fired. But hey, guess what? We'll still we will lose. And it will be even more, it will be even more on Adam Gase's head. And that's exactly what happened because there's no way, like Chanel said, I mean, like if you, when you're a defensive coordinator, when this is your, your job, your job, you that's know, all you're supposed to do. <laughs> you know, you know, better than that, you know, better than that, but he want look like at the end of the day, we know the fix is in. Like we know that 
the Jets are going to be the number one pick in and that the Jets want it to be that way. So, you know, I, I do think I, I don't even blame that on the corner. I don't blame that on him because you you play what was called, right? Isn't that what you do when you're a player? You're not the coach. You're not the coordinator. You got to play with the scheme that is called. And that's what he did. What was that but scheme? It, what was it called? I, I mean, need to know. It, it, it was called, it's called, it was called Jets Lose. <laughs> it was called like, Trevor. And like and and that's and that's what it was at the end of the day because you know they they they, they t- called it sunshine. Literally, that that <laughs> game was played perfectly for the tank. Play hard, you almost win it, but then lose and- it with five <laughs> seconds left on the clock. <sighs> I, just, <laughs> I watched that game because I was like, oh my god, are the Jets really about to win this thing? Like that was my thought process. And I saw, this is how I knew it was bad. This is how I know it was bad. My dad, okay, loves my father. My father does not, he watches football, but he doesn't understand it to the extent that I do. My father watched the whole setup and he was like, hey, the Raiders are going to win. I was like, what are you talking about? And I looked like, look where they got to go. He's like, look at the coverage. that." that (laughs) My father saw it. It was like, no, the Raiders are about to win this game. It was... (laughs) All I could do was laugh, and when I heard Greg Williams got fired, I was just like, "I mean, why are we stopping at Greg Williams? Just, just go away the whole <laughs> why thing. stop there? Go ahead, just go ahead and fire the whole coaching staff." I think what, what what baffles me with Adam Gates is that his claim to fame was being the offensive coordinator for Peyton Manning. You're if you're the OC for Peyton Manning, that's the easiest job in football to me. You sit back. And say, Peyton, whatever you want to do, I'm good with you. Just, like, you just let me know. You, you let me know what we're doing, so I can relay it to the head coach, so he understands that you, you got it. Like you don't have to do anything. We see each other. Shout yeah, you, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything. You, there's no OC that has been with Peyton to say, "I did that. That's me." No, it's Peyton. Everyone knows that. And he goes to Miami and does what he did in Miami. And we're looking at Ryan Tannehill as a complete bust. And then Ryan Tannehill goes to Tennessee and the man played in the AFC title game. It's just like, so what are, what are we talking about? And then Sam Darnold, who everybody thought Sam Darnold was going to be pretty pretty decent quarterback coming out of USC. And now he's looking like a bust. And I feel terrible because I'm like, when I watch him, I'm like, yeah, I'm just like, he can play. when you If you're watching him, like, yo, you can play. You don't suck. But the play calling and the lack of talent, the lack of offensive line is terrible, and it's all been Adam Gates' decisions. So I just they got hope- rid of Robbie. Robbie had been blatantly saying that he wanted to stay a Jet. And he wanted to stay. He wanted to stay, and he's and he's doing great in Carolina. Sorry, and they can't like- let Adam. They can't let Adam Gates go because whoever they bring in might end up winning. And like losing the draft, like losing yeah. the draft picks for them. Number true. two, I never sat and thought about like Sam Darnold during this. Like, I feel so terrible for him. I feel horrible like everyone him. is like screaming Trevor Lawrence. It's like, guys, like I'm here and I'm not bad I'm and here. it's not my fault. Like I and it's not my fault. Come I, I got uh, one name for you. If we're talking about this coaching debacle and everybody should be fired, and we talk about Chicago and we're talking about people that don't get chances. I got one name for you, Eric Bieniemy. That's Courtney's guy. 
I love him. I do. Why? I want him to go Why to Why hasn't it happened? Will it happen this season? Yeah, it's going to happen this season for sure. Deshaun Watson has already said that that's who he wants. So yep. granted, I don't want him to go there because the Texans have no money and have no draft picks. And I, I don't want to set him up for failure like that. I don't, I don't like that. But I mean, and honestly, I, I'd like to see him. I, I, could, I could do with the Jets. I could do with the Jets. I'd love to see him with a black quarterback personally. But like, honestly, in my heart of hearts, I would love for him to go to Dallas because Dallas has such an explosive offense, especially once Dak is healthy. But Jerry Jones ain't never going to hire no black man to be the coach of the Dallas Cowboys, first of all. And I wouldn't want Eric Bieniemy to have to go through working with Jerry Jones because I'm sure that that is a terrible... Get the whip out. (laughs) You already have that asterisk over you because as a black quarterback, if it goes bad, it goes bad and it's your fault anyway. Because Jerry had it. it. Yeah. Go ahead. He had it. Well, I forgot the guy's name. Uh, was it Coach Richard? Whoever who was on the defensive staff for the Cowboys under um, Jason Garrett? Like that was everyone spoke of him like he was supposed to be the next guy, and it was right in your backyard, and you you released him. It's it's never going to happen in Dallas for a black head coach. Never. Jacksonville twenty four, Minnesota twenty seven, Indiana twenty six, the Houston Texans twenty. L.A. Rams, 38. Arizona Cardinals, 28. Cleveland, 41. Tennessee, 35. This is where we start. Make them stop. Breaker Mayfield throws four touchdowns in the first half. The NFL's longest active playoff drought is moving closer to an end after 18 seasons. They just need to finish what they start a bit better. Mayfield became the first Browns quarterback to throw four touchdowns in the first half since Hall of Famer Otto Graham in 1951. Mayfield, who threw four of his five touchdowns in the second half of a win against Cincinnati on October 25th, had only two touchdown passes over the past four games. Browns scored the first 17 points, held on to win fourth straight. Browns improved to 9-3 for the first time since 1994. Cleveland has only not only won nine games in a season three times in its expansion era, which began in 1999. I think people know we are a good team now when we play well, and that's what we did today, Browns running back Nick Chubb said. The Titans, eight and four, came in leading by the AFC South and left tied after the Colts beat Houston 26-20. Though Tennessee still has a better division record, the Titans fell apart after a bad fourth down spot on their opening drive. NFL rushing leader Derrick Henry lost his first fumble on the next drive. He went 15 attempts for 60 yards. The Browns, America, Titans. <laughs> I'm looking at this like, are we really seeing this? Hey, you know. The Browns should... The Browns should be scoring this much. They should have been scoring this much a year ago. Like, I'm so happy to see that they finally have whatever is working, it's working. Like, whatever they're doing is working. I don't know. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. That's what I'm saying. Or no OBJ. <laughs> I'm about to say, where does this put him at? <laughs> I, you know, I don't. But this is, it's working for them. And the Browns are scared, like, on paper. Like, they finally look like, what they're like what they say on paper just like the Chiefs like offensively if you look at the Chiefs on paper they're playing like how they look on paper the Browns are starting to get that together of course they don't have like a Patrick Mahomes or you know but 
they're starting to look as powerful and explosive as they are supposed to be. And they're scary, especially being in the AFC now, like being in the, in the, the AFC and, you know, now they're a problem because before it was a like, ah, the Browns, what are they going to do? But now they're fighting for the division title now. So um, they have it together. And I'm so happy for Baker because, you know, he just deserves, I think he, he deserves, like people used to talk so bad about him and say he's not good and he has all these weapons and he's not doing anything. So I'm super happy that they're finally making it work with Baker. Yeah, you can, oh, go ahead, Courtney, go ahead. Um, just real quick, um, I'm just very upset because once again, I, I bring everything back to fantasy football because that's what my life is like. Um, <laughs> I had Baker, I've had Baker on and off my roster all season. When I get fed up with him, I drop him. I add him back when when the other quarterbacks I have make me mad. And the day on Saturday night, Saturday night, I released him. And I was like, you know what? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a ride. I'm a ride with Matt Ryan. It's going to be a comeback game. The man had 30 points in the first quarter. I was like, wow. And I could, I would have won. Wow. If I would have had Baker, I would have won. So I, that's just my first thing. But um, second thing, I hope Odell goes to the Patriots because whoever they're going to draft, Whoever or whatever they do with there, they've got a whole lot of money over there, and they have some draft picks. So oh, is I he the hope, problem. No, I think what the problem is is that when OBJ is on the field, Baker is expected to get it to him, no matter what, no matter if he's doubled, no matter if he's you know out of reach, doesn't matter because Jarvis is getting the ball. Jarvis is getting the ball, and Jarvis wasn't while OBJ was on the field because the expectation is. We have Odell Beckham. We need to have the ball in Odell Beckham's hand. He's the best player on the offense. We need to have the ball in his hand. And I do think that that's too much pressure. Not that he's a, not a great football player because he is, but I think he's at a point in his career where if he's doubled, he's not going to be able to make that play anymore. Like he's not going to be able to shove guys off him all night long. And that was causing a lot of incompletions and interceptions for Baker Mayfield because he's trying to force him the ball so I hope that he goes to New England and he's with a new quarterback and has Bill Belichick and honestly I think he'll be very successful there um I'm I'm excited for the Browns I like I like Miles Garrett honestly if I'm being completely honest and this is about to be very controversial I am happy for Kareem Hunt because Uh No, and it's and, and look, listen. I got. I have. I feel. I have to. Dis- I have to explain this. I'm happy for Kareem Hunt because because <laughs> Tyreek Hill broke his child's arm. There was no video of I'm it. I'm happy for him gets either. To, gets to win a Super Bowl. Gets to win a Super Bowl. This man got exiled to the Browns last year when they were terrible. And it's like, dang, like, like, not that what he did wasn't bad because it was, but it's like, dang, like. You ain't break your kid's arm and you were released the day of. Like they dropped you behind the day of, but kept Tyreek Hill and you had to watch him win a Super Bowl. And I'm like, you know what? I'm all, I'm here for redemption. We haven't heard nothing about Kareem Hunt since, but you got Tyreek Hill out here tweeting, good things happen to good people. You're not a good person. Get out of here. Like, no. <laughs> so I am happy for Kareem Hunt because I do believe in redemption stories and I do believe that people deserve second chances and I'm happy that Absolutely. his second chance is coming with some positivity and it's coming on a team where they are utilizing him and they are finding a way to make him work. Okay, that's fair. 
That's fair. That's fair, Matt. I don't, I don't have too much to say about the Browns. Um, I share the same sentiment <laughs> as these two ladies. Um, I, I think um, I, it's a little, been a long time coming. I was, I said this to somebody earlier. I Days don't like to please with the song <laughs> yeah. and everything. Yeah, because I, I don't, I don't like to see teams be perpetually bad for so long. At some point, the universe gotta go in your favor. I'm, I just don't like to see it. So to see the Browns having relevant in a positive way, I'm I'm all for it. So kudos to them. And kudos to Stefanski, because I wasn't a big fan of that hire, but I'm 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 happy to say that I was wrong. Kudos to Stefanski. Let's finish this off, shall we? The Giants in Seattle. Russell Wilson must have to be a defensive end too, because that's the only way Seattle's gonna get this together because he can't do it all. The Giants, they lose to the Giants 17 to 12. New England 45 45 to zip over the Chargers. Denver 16, Kansas City 22. Jalen Hurts, we know about this one. He will play. He will be active the next game. He because Carson Wentz is benched. Philly loses to Green Bay 30 to 16. That's it. That's what I, got. I love Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love Aaron. Aaron Rodgers is a bad man. Yes, bad man. Yes. I yes, hope, yes. honestly, and they disrespected him. Keep trying to grasp his predecessor. What the hell was that? Let but, me I mean, this you, is what I they do because Aaron Rodgers came after Brett Favre. They knew he was coming. But how dare you? This man still. I ain't saying he ain't in his prime, but he's still there. He there and he there. I've heard the you got him conspiracy nothing? theory about what's going to happen this offseason with Aaron Rodgers. Let me, let, I'm me here. let me tell y'all what I heard. I heard that the Packers are going to trade Aaron Rodgers to either San Francisco or New England. And I'm like, ooh, that, that could be a possibility because at this point, you, you trade it up. You trade it up for a quarterback. You can't, in, in today's league, they don't just let quarterbacks sit on the bench, not first round quarterbacks, just sit on the bench for years. They don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. So they're, no, they're, everyone is going to be looking crazy if they continue to let Jordan Love just sit on the bench. They gotta and, look crazy then. I, and honestly, I was like, I was like <laughs> if, the Packers, if the Packers trade Aaron Rodgers, they deserve everything they get. And I will be rooting for Aaron Rodgers on whatever team he's on next. But- for the sake of the fact that they know that his trade value will be very high because there's a lot of teams that are going to need quarterbacks that aren't going to be in the top 10 uh, uh, draft picks right now. They're not going to be able to get Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, none of the other ones that are, that are higher ranked. So the Packers are going to have to make a decision. And honestly, the more I started thinking about it, the more I was like, this is very plausible. I don't want this to happen, but it's very plausible because like you were saying, like, like you were saying, um, Tristan, earlier about about um, Adam Gase with uh, Peyton Manning. It's the same thing for Matt LaFleur in, in, with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Matt LaFleur doesn't get to pick anything. <laughs> he makes no decisions. And I'm sure he's ready. I'm sure he's ready to start making some decisions. And that's why he went and got him a quarterback. Because he Throw Mike McCarthy in that because we're seeing what, have, what he has had. And we're seeing the end result of that because you weren't the guy that was putting it together it was the guy that was throwing the ball but anyways so i actually heard about the 49ers tidbit i didn't know i didn't hear about new england but i did hear about that 49ers tidbit and that's very much possible because that was where he wanted to go oh yeah so but here's my thing 
I wish you guys were on the show when that whole Aaron Rodgers, when that draft went down, because I went off about that, because I am a big fan of Aaron Rodgers. And I just thought that was so disrespectful. I don't understand how you have a quarterback that just got you to the NFC Championship. And then you go into the draft in the first round, you don't pick any kind of weapon in a, a class that was filthy of wide receivers. You don't give them one. Like, I didn't understand that. If they were to do this unbelievable, unimaginable trade this offseason, the fans of Green Bay will riot. They are going to riot. They, I promise you. The and team I'm will also throw the Bible. They're going to need the Bible. Devontae Adams was a man. The team would go to mutiny. I really think the team would do a, a full mutiny on that organization because you're going to put all that pressure on that kid. If you trade Aaron Rodgers, of all people, Aaron Rodgers, I, I, you know what? As a fan, I actually want to see it happen because I just know that ESPN and all these places will just be buzzing. And it will be just great TV. But I, I don't want to see that happen. It will be great TV. I'll, I'll be so excited. You but, cannot do that. Like, if I just don't – I get it. I'm, I, I don't get it. So I'm not going to – I'm not – I'm sorry, Jordan Love, you just have to sit on the bench until, like, yeah, we see some decline. Like, it's fine. We're going to look crazy and continue to, like, compete. Because, like, I really don't know what I'm going to get from you in the NFL. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Aaron Rodgers finally has some type of help, and the offense is explosive, and he, right now. and he doesn't look like – he doesn't look – like an old quarterback, he doesn't look like he he doesn't look like he's declining. I mean, he doesn't look like he looks like know, he's, he's having his, fun. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah. you guys have a chance to like compete, like not compete as in just win your division. Like you guys have a chance to like go to a Super Bowl and like you know maybe win it. So why would you? Why? Like why would you? Why would you do that? Like the entire team is going to be so upset if that happens. I just, I don't, I, I don't. The only way cheese and Green Bay is going to need the Bible for what everybody's going to do to them. Yeah, I don't, I'm I don't. telling you. The cheese has going to be. Please don't be surprised if it happens because in this day and age, uh, first round pick, those things are expensive. I'm, yes, you're right. No, you're right. You're right. But I'm telling you, I would hate so they that they sound him. Jordan Love is, is, is making money on his, on the bench as a first round yeah. pick. He's making money. Yeah. And are they're, yeah. throwing, they're throwing it away essentially if you keep well, I hope he's good. Yeah, I mean honestly, you I don't know how many years. <laughs> how many years do we know? <laughs> it, well, I mean, I would just I would hate to be in that town if that happened. I really feel like a riot. They're gonna place. trade the MVP. Like he's about to win MVP. Yeah. Like it, it, I just okay. I'm not an owner. I don't know. What do I? Right. Know? I don't know anything. I just talk about it. What do I know? <laughs> Well, this is done. Great show, people. Yes. <laughs> Ladies, tell the, um, everybody where they can find you. Please, you got to look for your stuff. I, I, no, got I thought you were going to stay down to the wire. I, was like, I honestly. I'm about to say, you got to look for your own Twitter. <laughs> I thought you were about to pull a notebook up. Oh, no, no, fuck, I'm, let me look and see. Tell them where they can find you, your expertise, where you rock and roll. Speaking of down to the wire, I know you guys do some things separately. I know it's about bringing the, you guys work a lot. So it's about putting the timing back together. Are we going to see you guys back together again? 
Not that you heard it here first. <laughs> Woo! I definitely it like it's, it's... Wait, 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 Say you heard it here first on Rolling with Raymond. <laughs> and then you can do that. No, 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 no. I want you to say the sentence. Okay. Yes, you heard it here first on Rolling with Ramos. That me and Chanel are thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> that if, 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 if time allows, if, that got me good. if, if our job and contracts and things allow, it's our intention to bring it back. But for right now, we're, we're going to, we're going to continue doing Instagram lives. Yeah, we do it when we like, can like you know like just a little pop-up like oh Courtney are you free yeah I'm free all right let's do a live this week especially because NFL she's the NFL girl she's I'm the college football, football and right. college basketball so life is life is not a lie life is very hectic August through February for both of us so <laughs> all righty <laughs> but you can follow me y'all was wrong for that i'm sorry and, i'm sorry you know, and i'm in and, and you know y'all know me after hours so y'all gonna i'm gonna call y'all and, and <laughs> tell real the real peace in my mind about what you just did to me okay <laughs> courtney that was courtney because i was, was gonna give you some real official stuff that was courtney be, i was just gonna be honest <laughs> no, no, no. i love you guys so that's great um episode 105 next week Tristan it will be the last show of 2020 should I let them know or should I just keep it a secret until the show no nah, no nah, we, nah, we're gonna hold it we're gonna hold it the we NBA can them, is back we can tell them when we get off we can tell them when we get off the live we can tell them when we get we can tell them when we get off the live backstage talk yeah, yes and I'm gonna yes. tell you, like I tell you every week, I don't care if it does not rhyme, it's still mine. I'm Mikkel, like Kevin Mikkel, rest easy, Dad. And Tristan, the star. I'm gonna see you next week, baby. Yeah, Courtney yes. Chanel, thank you. This has been a good one. Peace. Thank you for having us. <laughs>